and I'll be up in a few minutes. So one time in June, we had the windows open. We lived in a parsonage, two-story house. He went the, and sat in the window upstairs, and he started screaming, help, help. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. <laughs> Our neighbor watched him carefully for many years thereafter. And, uh, but when, when, we do have, when you do have a, a child that is just absolutely rebellious, years ago, read Chuck Swindoll's book, You and Your Child, and he said uh, he had one child that was just like that and uh, just never did get the, the message. And he finally spanked that, I don't know if it was a son or daughter, four consecutive times. And the fourth time, they got it. For one of our kids, it took five. And, and we didn't do it in anger. And we didn't do it because it was embarrassing to us, and sometimes it was. But we didn't do it because we hated them but uh, their spirit had to be broken, that rebellious spirit, without breaking the spirit of the child. And, um, and for practical discipline for a toddler, you know, uh, when they get to be about 18 months old, uh, they can understand. One of our kids went to a friend's home and asked when he got there, uh, do you folks have a wooden spoon? Because Beth used a wooden spoon. Because we didn't want them to associate discipline with our hands, but with an object. And so uh, at about 18 months, you know, a little swat on the bottom, uh, we'll remind them. And then uh, uh, they just need to know early on. Again, discipline early and consistently. Uh, so. Hey, uh, Gordon, I really appreciate that. And I think that, that maybe some multiple questions here can be answered <clears throat> uh, in, in just you know, uh, uh, some of these responses. So um, there is a time, um, my first child, I call her my snowplow because she really broke the path for everybody else. You know. So my, uh, she, she really was hard, and, and I was a new parent. So I was being trained. And she was, she was tough, all right? And, and everybody else follows in the wake, right? And it was a much easier path for everybody else in our family. But my first child, and then you say you, it took four or five spankings. Well, there was a night uh, when my uh, precious, sweet Naomi, not, not many of you know her. She hasn't been here for a few years. Uh, um, but uh, she rooted in um, on, 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 on a rebellious um, act, one night, and I remember the night, and and it took <clears throat> the entire evening and twenty spankings, time after time after time after time after time. I think she was she was trying to determine if there was an if I really meant what I said, and and I did, and it was painful. What father wants to do that? Talk about brain-dead stupid, that's not anything a man would want to do, but it's something that I did because I said what I meant and I meant what I said, and, it, and, and we disciplined her through that. And quite honestly, I believe it was a, it was a change in, in her for her life because it wasn't much after that that she really pushed those boundaries anymore. But it was, it was a point. And, and so I see some of these other questions, um, and I'm thinking, so it says... Uh, what is an appropriate consequence for a child who does not obey no the first time? 
Well, it is, do you mean what you say? Do you have a standard, and are you going to enforce it? Okay, and then it is also the manner in which you enforce it. Is it something that you're going to get mad about? I never got, got thank God, in that, 20, in that 20 night spanking night, I never got mad. Thank God I didn't. I just, I just consistently just couldn't believe that I had to continue to go back and just, I'd look at Kelly, and I'd say, okay, got to do it again. And, and so we went through that process. So um, a no, a, a, if, if a child is going to defy you, your, your law, you have, to, you have to address it. And you have, to, you have to know what your law is, and you have to be willing to stand by it. And that doesn't mean it's a spanking every time, right? Not everything qualifies necessarily as something you're going to whip out the golden spoon for, right? But, it, but if it's a rebellious thing and, you, and it qualifies to you, then, then you should apply that discipline. So it says, uh, <clears throat> what's the appropriate consequence? Well, it depends on, is this, is this a big deal to you? Is it, I mean, are they, do you mean what you say? Then enforce what you say. And then, like I said, the discipline doesn't always have to be a spanking. Now, the other part of this question, which was really part one, which I think is really the more challenging part of the, the question, and I may have to pass the mic here. But if you choose to spank, how do you handle a child who physically resists hits and screams? I think Gordon started on this path. But, but one of the, I think just in principles, in my mind, is you can't respond, right? You can't respond. You can't let your child di- provoke a response in you that, that's, that's not according to what the manner is for good, good godly discipline, right? The godly discipline we, we meet out is done with one. The, the whole thing is, I love you, therefore I will bring correction to you, right? And so if a child is hitting you and pushing back, and, and, and you were, if you would respond physically and overpower, I don't think that that's the right way to go about that, right? You could, right? I see every, every, any one of you in this room is, is strong enough to overpower a child and force them into a physical submission at that point, but I don't, I w- I don't think that would be profitable. So, so don't let them dictate your manner. You have a manner, a, 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 guide, a guiding principles for how you will discipline. And if they, their behavior doesn't afford that, then, then the punishment would have to be something different. And I would, in, in my head, a lot of what we would do is, is that you just have to remove them from the ability to, to, until they can respond directly, properly with me, they, they, can, they get nothing else, right? They don't get any other earthly they don't get to go play with their friends or go down and play with their toys or watch videos or do anything else that is that is in the realm of things that they could do they get to what they get to be alone and 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 to think and then it would be something you'd have to really minister to and and continue to engage in and i like what kelly said yesterday and i don't mean to be long-winded here but there is a root to that and it would be good over time and in the quietness of the, of the follow-on period to ask them, why would you do that? Why would you respond to me and hit me? Why would you do that? And, you, and to try to under, if your child is able to, 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 to have that level of discussion, if they're not able to have that, then, then I guess you just have to wait until calmer, a calmer period uh, would afford uh, continuing the process. Anybody else? I wanted to add just a couple things, and this wouldn't be true in the really intractable child, but occasionally 
uh, and you need to be very careful with this, uh, if you have a child that when you confront them and help them identify their sin that are really broken and tears because they know what's coming, show them mercy and don't spank. Be a Jesus, uh, uh, you know, just occasionally. Never, don't do this repeatedly, but, but from time to time, it's, it's appropriate to show them mercy when, when you see genuine fear, brokenness, and repentance in them. Another thing to, to bear in mind along this way, too, and, and again, this would be a very specific situation where there was a, a consequence coming. Uh, if, again, they were broken because they had to do it, you might step in and take the penalty for them. This models Christ's likeness to them mm -hmm. and lets them see it. P part of this whole process is to let them see the gospel lived out in your lives, our yeah. lives. And, and mm -hmm. so very occasionally, something like that can be very, very effective. It, yeah. can, it can be more powerful in breaking and uh, training them than a spanking. Mm -hmm. And obedience is not the ultimate goal, it's Christ-likeness. And uh, <clears throat> kids can be absolutely obedient and be lost. And so they need to, to, they need to know that uh, Christ is, is Lord. Uh, another time, one of our kids uh, threw a temper tantrum and jumped into a rose bush. We left him there. As a natural consequence. And another time, coming back to that, fighting back, uh, one of our kids was really squirming and fighting back, and I was using a spoon. And uh, because uh, our child was th uh, writhing so much, I got the small of the back instead of the, the backside. And the child was really upset with me and said, you hit me in the wrong place. And I said, it's because you weren't holding still. And that, that, had, an, that had an impact. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we didn't just beat our kids mercilessly. It, you know, it probably sounded like we did. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> But, no, we didn't beat them mercilessly, uh, and there are different consequences for different transgressions. And uh, you need to do something that, uh, that hurts. For example, if you have teenagers, and they're uh, just incorrigible, the state of Colorado allows you to take away their driver's license. I'm telling you, that's going to make an impact on a teenager. Uh, but... Uh, so there, there's different, you know, different fouls, different responses. You want to say anything about it? I think a lot of this goes back to knowing your individual child. Uh, you've got to be a serious student of your child to understand them and understand what motivates them. And that begins uh, at birth. You can discern a lot of things. We had one child come out of the womb screaming and fighting, and we knew she was going to be a challenge. <laughs> we had another one come out with a smile on her face, and uh, she was a much more compliant child early on. <laughs> but then later we had our challenges. So um, I think that being a student of your child uh, is really important. And if you discipline out of anger, the problem is your heart, not your child's heart. One of our, our oldest daughter, all you had to do is look at her cross-eyed and she would weep. <laughs> Second one, not so much so. Not at all so. And our, 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 our third child was, um, 
we were talking about it on the way over. Knowing your child. He was sneaky Pete. Yeah, he was a sneaky Pete. <laughs> He'd always smile, but you knew he was up to something. <laughs> and he was. So you just have to know. And uh, so. Any other questions down there? I can go to the phone. There's one about tasing in here. Did, does anybody here use tasers? I didn't think it was. Uh, that's not acceptable, is it? What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. All right, I'll just read. All right, I didn't get a chance to process through this, but this is just one in the middle here. Is discipline or spanking still effective and beneficial to young children if there is a delay between their behavior and actual discipline? For example, out in public somewhere, they disobey and then not discipline until we get home. Kelly can answer that one for sure. I can. Um, so what am I asking? While she's thinking, I'm going to take a shot at it too. I think it can be very effective at times to delay discipline because they've got to think about what's coming. And I think that can be very uh, remedial in their lives. Uh, so, I, uh, and, and another reason to delay is if you are not in control of your emotions, if you are on the brink of anger, don't discipline. Mm -hmm. Say, we're going to pick this up tomorrow or this evening, but do pick it back up. Don't let it go. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that other than it can be even more effective because they have had a chance to think about it and... Yeah, it's kind of painful knowing what's coming, right? Just the actual having to wait for it. But I don't think I would anything else. I'm dating myself, but years ago there used to be a program called Wait Until Your Father Gets Home. <laughs> don't ever do that. Because your children will abhor their father. So he may be the one that does the discipline, but don't ever just lay it on him because they will dread their dad and uh, but there are there are times you know I, I we found it very effective to say go to your room we'll be up in a little while Part, partly it was to maybe to let me cool down but they had to think about what was coming and I think that was more painful than the actual discipline I, I think it's important to just reiterate again this public thing if they're misbehaving in public do not discipline them do not spank them in public uh, but but let them know we will deal with this when we get home uh, prepare yourself for it. So uh, I, we c in this culture, we just can't discipline in public. Yeah. What if they're so young and worried that they won't be able to connect the public behavior with the, when they get home? Like if we have a seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge, but but I think you just at at times you just have to make a decision that you think's best and, and trust God for the results. A lot of this needs to be bathed in prayer. Yeah. Uh, you could take them out perhaps to the car. Our daughter did that once with a, a kid mm -hmm. in McDonald's and, and took them out to the car. But uh, I'd be reluctant to go into the bathroom or somewhere like that where someone could walk in. But it, get, if you have to discipline, go to as private a place as you can find. Uh, put sheets over your windows. Do whatever you have to do in your car. Or you could tone it down, take them out to the car, tone it down. doesn't have to be a physical spanking, but you could, you could address it verbally. Or you could, if it's just impossible and it's a, seven, a younger child, it's going to surface again, right? Yeah. 
you'll have another opportunity, right? So, um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> there are so many here, and we're, we have five minutes left, so I'm just going to, since I was, should probably take them in, in order here. So is, I already did that one. All right. This is a hard one. This is presumably from somebody who, a uh, child that's uh, a little bit older than, than, than the little itty-bitty guys. It says, hi, John. Our oldest loves attention. She loves being noticed and complimented. She is incredibly hardworking at everything she does. We know that she feels, we know that she feels loved when we compliment her and spend quality time with her. How to compliment and praise and still teach her humility? How do we protect her from having a fear of being accepted and loved based on success? Yeah. Um, you know, a couple things that we tried to do. Um, we taught our girls um, that beauty comes from the inside, and that that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter you necessarily what you look like on the outside. That you can be beautiful on the outside, but um, if you have a, a bad attitude, uh, if you're you know conceited or or selfish that that shines through and, and doesn't make you beautiful um, the other thing is we tried to um, on all of our kids we tried to encourage them and compliment them um, regarding character issues build them up regarding character not performance um, so if they have been generous to somebody say wow you know and build them up according to character if that makes sense I don't, I don't think I need to expand too much more just an added thought on humility, uh, you will teach your children about humility by being humble in your home. Uh, that is the best, one of the best lessons you can teach them, and you do that by admitting your failures, your mistakes, your struggles, turning to the Lord in times of prayer. We're going to talk about this in the last session more and more, but, but just the more authentic you live out the reality of your life, it will impact them. Trust God for that. One of the things I see in whoever wrote that that note is is that you are a student of your child. Isn't that beautiful? Didn't that parent just disclose that she understands that her child, she or he understands that their child feeds off of words of affirmation, feeds off of quality time. Those are really important things. Those are love languages, right? So so the idea is that be a student of your of your of your child. Understand what what may, what what improves them. But then also when you meet it out, you know, don't I think what Kelly said is really important is we never wanted to we never wanted to to praise our children in a way that it would make them prideful. Because that's just going to be that's going to ultimately be destructive, but to rather focus in on the character nature of that, just to repeat what Kelly said. So don't, don't, ever, try, don't ever just, man, you're so beautiful. I tell my daughter that today, by the way. I, I'm, I'm, I make that kind of a little bit of a mistake in a sense, but I tell her she's beautiful. But when I, I always follow it up with, I, I enjoy the way that your countenance blessed me this morning with your beautiful smile. You know, put it in such a way that it's not just flattery uh, about the outward condition. Yeah. <laughs> Short-term memory loss, it's, yeah. it's affecting us all. Yeah. Okay. I think the opposite is our kids need to know that they're, they're not, their self-worth is not based on their performance. And uh, I, 
Sometimes I think I suffer because I never felt like I was good enough. And that's a, that's a debilitating thing. So this, your whole life you're trying to prove that you're good enough. And when we come to the cross, we recognize that we're not good enough. But even then, we still struggle. Well, I need to be just a little bit better. I need to do just a little bit more. And if your kids, if, if you base everything on their performance, they will never be where they should be. And that's a difficult place to leave them. Yeah, that's, I remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> um, you know, if your child doesn't do well, this is just something real practical, like say on a test and they, they get a terrible grade, I think it's really important to reiterate, hey, did you do your best? I hope you did your best, but we love you regardless of how you did on that test. And that may seem obvious, you know, something, of course, we still love them, but they need to hear it. They need to hear you building them up, or if they didn't do well in a sporting event or whatever, continue to, to build them up. Man, I love you. Glad you did your best, you know. All right, one last question, um, and sorry for the ones that we might <clears throat> have missed, but uh, I felt like this one was really practical, and it came in written, so I want to respond to it. So it says, how do you make younger children, kids obey without, being, without taking something away or bribing them or threatening? And uh, I'm not going to answer that one directly because um, there are many forms of, of discipline that, that involve you know, those, those kinds of elements. I would say instead of... Because we're, we're talking a lot here about punitive measures, right? What about setting them up for success, you know? Give them a job to do that you know that they can do, maybe that they would even like to do, and see that they do it, and then affirm them in having done it, and lather, rinse, repeat a thousand times. Because then you're establishing a pattern of, gee, we, I want you to do this, and it's well within your ability to do it, Let's, uh, and I'll even help you the first couple of times. Establish a pattern of success because that's always something that they can go back on then, right? So uh, we don't always have to talk about the punitive side of things, right? Build them up in, in, a, in a favorable path. And, you know, I would, I would never bribe. Don't, don't bribe your children. Don't give them the golden cookie if they do something. Oh, I mean, that, there is a place for that. I wouldn't say never do that kind of thing. But, but, man, ultimately, you want them to do the things that you want them to do because they would delight to do it. They would delight to please you because of your relationship with them. Yes, you reward good behavior. And what gets rewarded gets repeated. And if there are, are uh, bad behaviors, then we have to deal with them. But most often, you ought to take a three-by-five card, and all day long, did I criticize or did I encourage? And put marks down. Usually, it's about 10 to 1. And guess who wins? Guess who wins? Criticism. We're naturally that way. So reinforce positive behavior, and uh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, along with that, um, do it with your kids. I mean, that's something John just pointed out, especially as your kids get older, let's say you, ha you have leaves that need to be taken out of the window wells, or you know, you're giving them extra jobs that are above and beyond what they normally do as chores, and maybe you want to pay them for those, because they're jobs that are above and beyond, maybe, I don't know, you guys have to decide that, but do it with them at first, and have fun with them, and show them how to enjoy work, I mean, God says that he gives us the work that we have, so, and we should take joy in it, because it's what he gives us to do, so you want to teach them to learn to enjoy work. 
So doing it with them, it's always more fun to do it with them. Granted, we don't always like to do it, so you know you kind of have to guard yourself against being lazy, right? Ourselves to do it with them. So a lot of times, the parenting things that we're kind of referring to here, like anger to motivate rewards, are to make parenting easier for us, because disciplining our children in a proper way, talking with them about sin, confessing our sin, that's hard. It's humiliating, but God uses it. Uh, God doesn't use you feeding their flesh to get obedience. He doesn't use that. So remember that. Parenting's hard work, but it's great work. Great way to advance the gospel. Amen. All right, we're going to break now for 10 minutes. And so at uh, about... 1040, we'll be back in here and start the next session. All right. Parenting with fear. Parenting with fear. (laughs) With fear and trembling, right? (laughs) 